Well, welcome back to the Relentless Podcast. I'm Mike Fraunfelder, here again with Seth Wistoff, and we got a noob today, <laughs> uh, Noah Fredrickson. He is our starting quarterback, getting ready to step into his third year as a varsity starting quarterback, which is quite an accomplishment for all of you who are recruiting right here, this guy. <laughs> okay, look up the stats, just saying. All right, but uh, today we're going to continue on uh, what we started last week which is the topic of leadership. And uh, for us, uh, we talked about last week, leadership uh, being influence. And we want to expound upon that a little bit this week uh, by talking through um, the, the letter that uh, Paul wrote to Timothy. It's First uh, Timothy. And we're going to do something just a little bit different in that uh, we're going to go verse by verse, chapter uh, by chapter through this letter because as we've opened it up and as we've begun to study it, we just see all of these leadership principles in here that apply to athletics, yes, but to life. And uh, we want to share those things with you. So if you would, turn with us in your Bibles to 1 Timothy. Uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 3. And the Word of God says this, As I urged you when I went into Macedonia... Stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people to teach or to not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths or endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience. And a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. We know that the law is good, and if, or we know that the law is good, and if one uses it properly, we also know that the law is not made for the righteous, but for lawbreakers. And for the rebels, the ungodly and the sinful, the unholy and the irreligious, and for those who kill their fathers and mothers, and for murderers, and for the sexually immoral, and for those who practice homosexuality, and for the slave traders and liars and perjurers, and for whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine that conforms to the gospel concerning the glory of the blessed God, which he entrusted to me. So here's a picture, okay? This is the Apostle Paul, and he he's getting ready to depart. He's getting ready to go home and be with the Lord. And Timothy is his son in the faith. This is the one that, that he went back to um, Lystra, the city where they, they stoned him and took him out and left him for dead. And then he comes back to rescue Timothy, this one who was kind of an outcast in that culture, and he's raised him up, not only as a man, but a man of faith. And Timothy's now stepping into the role of leadership. And what Paul is doing is laying before him these principles of leadership because he wants him to excel. So that's what we want to do uh, for you today. And as I read that first passage, and as we discussed it, what we saw in this passage is that leadership is a responsibility. And it's important that we look at it that way because so often people think that 
Um, leadership is a right. It's something that is given to every one of us, and, and we demand that people look at us as leaders, but that's not reality. And if you think that, you're not living in reality. What it is is a responsibility, and that responsibility is passed on to us, and it's a sacred trust that God has given us. And, and as we break down this idea of leadership being a responsibility, uh, that responsibility first starts by establishing our core values. And, and we kind of talked about that as, as uh, us looking at how, to, how do you lay your groundwork. Sorry if we were missing on some sound. Um, hopefully that made it a little bit better. Uh, but, uh, but laying your groundwork um, is, is this big piece. And, and what Paul's talking to Timothy about here is making sure that his doctrine is sound. Making sure that the things that you're preaching is, are sound. Uh, you know, he's telling him, you know, we're, we're not worried about getting caught up in all of this um, theology. And here he talks about these endless genealogies, trying to trace back who exactly, what family you're from, all these different things. Um, but, but what it is, it's about faith. And, you know, as a, as a coaching staff, you know, we've talked about on this podcast quite a bit about what are those core values going to look like. And, you know, we've come up with humility, discipline, and truth. And those are the pieces that everything that we do um, whether it's in practice, whether it's in a, a team meeting, whether it's in our team dinners that we have, or when we're out on the field or getting ready for the game, they have to fall in line with those. And when we do that, it allows us um, a direction that we're going, so so we understand um, where we're headed. Instead of uh, in, instead of just bouncing from one thing to the next, we need to lay that groundwork, and that's part of our responsibility as a leader. The other part we see as far as uh, leadership being a responsibility, is our um, responsibility to own our leadership. You know, so often when people step into leadership, especially if they're not mature, uh, when things go well, man, they want the praise and they love that day. But when things go sideways, they pass the buck. And that's not ownership. You know, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know what the term is, but um, it certainly isn't ownership. And I think that this passage is telling us that we must own our leadership. Yeah, I like it in verse 5. It says, The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So everybody is going to be put in some sort of leadership, if it's at your work or if it's in a sport or just at school. And uh, right away you need to uh, figure out what kind of leader you're going to be. Are you going to be the one that everybody loves and everybody wants to follow in their footsteps and uh, do exactly what you're what you're doing. Are you gonna be the one that everybody's like, oh, I I just hate going after having to follow what they're doing, and they're just so uh, angry or they're so uh, ignorant about everybody else, and they just want all the praise to them. They don't they don't want it as a team effort. So, and in my life, I've had both. I've had to be under the ones who. Uh, are just selfish and want everything focused on them. But I've also been a part of teams where I followed these guys that they want the team to succeed, not themselves. So, um, and it's a lot more fun to play and to just be under those guys that uh, want it as a team effort and they want everybody to succeed and they, they show that love. The goal of this command is love and that is exactly what they're doing. So that's what I feel like you need to focus on when you're owning your uh, leadership. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy that people are saying, I can't wait till that dude graduates. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what we also see in this passage um, 
uh, this call to embrace the struggle. Because leadership is hard. Let's just be frank about it. And anybody who has set in the role of leadership understands that uh, very quickly if they don't understand that going in. It's difficult. It's a, it's a tough road. And as we get down into verse 8 through 11, um, Paul lays out before Timothy these people that he's going to come in contact with. And these are rough things that they're involved in. But he still has to reach out to these people in love. He can't ignore them because... They bear the image of God, and he has this call uh, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And that doesn't mean just with the people who agree with you or who live like you. But he says, go to these ones as well. And to do that, that means there's going to be kickback. There's going to be resistance. There's going to be struggle. And as a, as a leader, we're called to embrace that struggle, not run from it. And the best leaders that all of us have ever been exposed to are those guys who embrace that struggle. You know, those guys that uh, during conditioning, when it's so easy to tap out, those are the ones who are putting out. Uh, those, those times where they're being interviewed by the newspaper and instead of um, uh, heaping praise on themselves, they say, no, I want to talk about this teammate because he did this thing that helped me be successful. Well, what they are doing is embracing the struggle. Leadership is tough. And that's why Paul says in this passage that we need the Lord in it. We need him to walk with us and guide us through it. So whether you are third year starting quarterback, there's going to be struggle. Whether you are a parent who is raising five kids and getting ready to send one off to college, there's going to be struggle. Or whether you're a school administrator and dealing with a staff and a community, uh, not always um, thinking the same way you think, there's going to be struggle and we've got to embrace it. And then, you know, he picks up then in verse 12, and he kind of changes his course a little bit on what he's telling Timothy. Now now he's going to he's gonna kind of lay the groundwork of what, what does it need to look like. You, you've set up your base. Okay? You've taken the responsibility of you understand you're in a leadership role. And now we're going to take, take it one step further and see what that's going to look like. So starting in verse 12, he says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength, that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. Now to the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And so as we we came and we were talking about that, what we really saw throughout all of this is Paul saying, all right, Timothy, when you're going to step into this leadership role, it's going to require you to be humble. You're going to need humility in order to to be successful as a leader. And the first one I think that jumps off the page at us was that we need to trust as we are trusted. Um, he, he says in there, I thank Christ our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me faithful, appointing me to his service. Uh, Paul is thankful that he's in a position of leadership and that God has allowed him to be in that spot. And, uh, you know, 
one of the one of the thing lessons that I learned early in uh, my administration career was from uh, um, the superintendent at the time was uh, Sue Gunderson, and she she said, Seth, as you're going to step into this role now, you need to understand that it is it's of great value for you to delegate things to people, to trust them to take the responsibility um, in certain situations. And that is so true. And I'm not always the best at it. Uh, sometimes I like things done a certain way and I, I want them to be done my way. And so I feel like now nah, maybe I should just do them. But, but often I'm able to step back see the value that that can bring and allowing other people to use their talents and allowing other people to use their abilities to really step into a role and to thrive and not me have to drive everything even though i'm in the leadership role allowing other people to step into that leadership role is one of the best ways you know that i can lead and so that that idea of trusting as we are trusted is so important um, if we're going to truly lead but we also see in this passage that the, the humble leader allows those who you have trusted uh, to take on uh, a certain aspects of leadership. We allow them the ability to fail forward. And, and here's what we mean by fail forward. We understand that they're going to fail. Why? Because we fail. <laughs> We've done it a lot. Okay. But the people who have really influenced us in our life, they've given us a little bit of room to fail, make mistakes, and learn from them and grow uh, from them. And I believe that's what a good leader does. A good leader doesn't watch somebody fail and then just pull the rug out from underneath of them because they don't have any confidence in them. No, a good leader comes alongside as somebody fails and, and teaches them from those teachable moments so that they can grow and become the, the leader that God has called them to be. But a humble leader is one who allows those who are around them the, the grace and the mercy to be able to fail forward. <coughs> but the final part in this passage that we see is that a humble leader is honest about their weaknesses. Yeah, so Seth talked about uh, leadership requiring humility, and I think a big part of that is being honest about your own weaknesses and just realizing that you're not perfect and that nobody's perfect and that everybody has these different problems, these different weaknesses that they deal with on a daily basis. And just you need to be uh, humble about it and not be arrogant and act like they're not there because they are. And if you're going to be arrogant about it, they're going to pop up uh, more than they are when you're humble about it. So with that, uh, our basketball team this year uh, in January in the bulk of the middle of the season, we were struggling a little bit, and then we just decided let's just get together, let's just have a meeting, and just go over everything that's bothering us and that we're struggling with. And at that meeting, we everybody pointed out their own weaknesses. We went around the room, and uh, everybody pointed out something that they need to work on and practice to become better, what they need to do to become a better leader to others, and just what we all need to do uh, to become a better team and uh, uh, just be better. So, And that, that's a huge part of, of any sort of organization improving is everybody you know, needs to buy into that. I think that's the biggest part of what you just said is – one, you guys were all humble, but you were all humble together. And it wasn't it wasn't like one person was going to have to jump on the sword. It was that everybody was willing to take a step back, get, let's get on the same page, and then we can move forward. And we're able to do so much more together uh, than we are um, apart from each other.
So, Freddie, do you want to uh, pick up reading uh, in verse 18 for us there? Yep. <clears throat> Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by recalling them you may fight the battle well, holding on to faith and a good conscience, uh, which some have rejected and so have suffered shipwreck with regard to the faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blasphemy. Now what we see in this passage is that God is calling each of us in, in our different capacities of leadership um, to test our own hearts. What, what it is is it's a call to accountability. Um, and account, accountability means that we have to uh, examine what's going on in our own heart. Are we doing the things that we're doing for the purpose of making ourselves known? Are we doing the things that we're doing to lift up other people around us? And the scripture tells us that uh, uh, the man uh, judges by outward means, but God examines the heart. And it tells us in other places in scripture that our most valuable uh, commodity, our most uh, sacred trust is our own heart. And if we're not accountable, uh, our heart can be filled with pride, with greed, with lust, uh, any and every um, ill that you can come across that's why accountability is so important and, and as we were talking about this i was thinking every year and, and we're we're moving into uh summer workouts which is exciting for us hopefully we're moving into that um every year as a coaching staff we say to our guys it's incumbent upon you to be a better version of yourself this year than you were last year, which is a reasonable expectation. But one of the things that I found interesting over my coaching career, but also in life, is that there, there are some leaders who demand that of the people that they lead, but then they don't st set the standard themselves. So for us, as Seth and I, we talk about this a lot, if we're going to ask our, our guys to be better versions of themselves this upcoming season, we better set the tone ourselves. So when that last snap happens, well, for us, what was that, October last year? You know, for me, for Seth, uh, the process began all over, working through scheme, working through mistakes that we made and how we can fix those things, adding into our toolbox so that we can be better coaches this upcoming year so that we're setting a standard for our guys so that the expectation is I need to be the better version of myself because I see those who are leading me doing it. And for Freddie this year, that a responsibility within the team falls on him because he's a senior. So as we approach summer workouts, he understands because of the guys who came before him that he has to set the tone in the weight room. In conditioning, he has to be the guy in the front of the line, and he has to be the guy that's redlining during that. Uh, in practice, he's got to set the tone as far as uh, focus and discipline because everybody else is watching. And if he's going to expect the freshmen and sophomores to be the best version of himself, he has to be as well. So, you guys have anything else on uh, that? I guess not anything specific along those lines, but but really what it just comes back to is being a leader is a is a whole piece, a whole pie that has to be eaten um, if you are going to truly lead. You know, first you got to take the responsibility. And we talked about that about laying groundwork, owning your own leadership, um, embracing the the tough times. Then after you've set that up, now 
you have to you have to be humble. You have to allow other people to come alongside because, uh, like we talked about a couple weeks ago, that pie can get bigger the more people that you involve and the more people that you bring along. And some of that might mean some of them are going to get the spotlight, or some of them might get credit for some of the things uh, that are that are going to happen that are that are positives. But the negative credit is more than likely going to fall back on you, and you have to be willing to do that. But then at the and then the final piece of it is you have to be willing to help be held accountable. When you do something wrong, you're going to have to be able to admit it and then make that right. When you do something well, then we have to understand that, okay, we did that well, but let's keep going. Could we do things better? And uh, that can be a really challenging piece of being a true leader. Uh, but being being able to put all of those pieces together at the same time um, allows you to to, to lead in a way that both honors God, uh, that raises the people up around you, and that uh, that betters whatever situation that you're in. Any closing thoughts, big man? Well, he talked about all these pieces, and one of the big pieces to me about being a leader is not only the work that you have to put in, but like there's going to be players or coworkers or people that really get down on themselves so whenever I think of leadership, there's this one video, uh, UCL, UCLA basketball player, this one guy, I don't know what he did, he committed a turnover, he did something that uh, caused the team to turn the ball over, and uh, he just, he's got his head down and he's walking down on the court, and this other guy comes and he, he literally lifts his head, and whenever I think of leadership, that's exactly what I think about, and I just think that's a big piece, that you're going to have players that get down easily, and you just have to keep on uh, picking their head up. So, that not that exactly what Jesus did for all of us? Yep. You know, uh, because of our sin, our heads were down, and right, rightfully so. And then He comes and He lifts us up through His finished work on the cross. And because of that, we have freedom, just like Timothy, just like Paul, to serve as leaders, even though most of the time we don't feel like we deserve to be in that <laughs> capacity. So, with that, we're going to let you guys go. Uh, please, please share this. Uh, if you like it, please share it. If you don't like it, share it with people you don't like. But uh, we want <laughs> Jesus to be known around the world. That's why we do this. And uh, thanks for joining us. God bless.